Welcome to Two Medics and One Microphone, and your presenters are Imran Lasker and Dorusha Gumadina. So hello and welcome to another episode of Two Medics and One Mic. My name is Dr. Lasker. And I'm uh, Darusha Gunawardner. You're not going to carry on with the rest of the stuff. Oh, I'm yeah, a sorry. cardiologist we... with... Uh... Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a cardiology <laughs> registrar and I'm interested in intervention. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, for some of the people that don't know. So this podcast, what is it? It's about it's about social media and medicine and med Twitter. and kind of It's just a medical conversation. That's what I'm getting now. Like, I think uh, we're kind of filling a void for people who, who kind of miss meeting up with their buddies and talking about medicine, if that's what the kind of thing they like to do. Mm. That's what I'm hearing. What about you, Thrusha? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, especially... Especially now that, uh, you know, getting straight to it, people aren't allowed to go on lunch breaks together anymore. Like, apparently, that's, <laughs> you know, and otherwise they'll tell the medical director. Oh, my God. Did you see that thread? So, there's yes, a th- yeah, um, yeah, go on. So, like, a junior doctor posted a copy of an email, which uh, pretty much says something along the lines of um, doctors going together for lunch. Um, both leaving the law, uh, the ward, um, is a patient safety issue, and if they continue to do so, they will send an email to the medical director. Oh my God! What did you think? My God! Where does this, where does this stuff come from? You know, it reminds me when I was an F1, and I think, um, like, uh, you know, you're running around, you're absolutely exhausted, and I think a few, of, I'm, I'm not saying it was me, but a few of us may have taken a few biscuits from the from the biscuit tin or something, oh. and they're meant to be for patients. And then suddenly, this email came out the next day. It's like, you know, it's come out. It's come about that you know some pa- some of the young doctors are taking uh, biscuits, and uh, these are for the patients, and this is counted as theft. Well, well, it depends. I think the the crux of this issue is which biscuits did you take there? Because not all NHS biscuits <laughs> are created equal, are they? I don't even remember. I mean, I, like remember? I, said, I wasn't one of them. I wasn't one of them. I wasn't one of them. I oh, was actually course. knocking back those, you know, the Ensures. Do you remember those Ensures? Oh, no way. <laughs> what did they taste well, like? Well, the thing is, now, you know what? I thought they were protein shakes. I thought, you know what? Like, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. What is that? And it was like, oh, that's like a meal replacement. I thought, protein shake. <laughs> right. So and I drank it. And I think I might have had about three. And oh, my God, it was so disgusting. You can actually feel like the oiliness yeah, in your like, mouth. It's like, like, seven, it's actually like eating butter. Yeah, oh. it's like 7,000 calories in like 200 yeah. milligrams. So literally... No, it was a mistake. Oh, it was a mistake. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny that you should also mention that because there was a whole thing about, I mean, I've seen it in trusts that I've worked in where they've been like, doctors should not drink tea and coffee from the tray. And they're like, well, then we could leave the ward. And then there's a whole thing, isn't it, where recently there was some, uh, there was some emails circulating and then kind of on Twitter where they were saying that if you're to consume food in the COVID area, then they may like blame you if someone else got COVID and then they were like, oh, they even man. suggested manslaughter charges. <laughs> like, I don't know, having a cup of tea like in a patient area. I mean, which is... I don't know. I mean, it sounds where do people come from? Do you think, like, where do they come from? When they, I mean, do they just think, oh, should we have a bit of a snigger and see how far we can take? I mean, manslaughter, yeah. manslaughter for eating your food. I mean, are they completely balmy? I just find that completely, completely ridiculous. I think, I just, it's just like the idea that, you know what bothers me actually through, I think anyway, what really bothers me is just the idea that it's like the constant push that doctors should do nothing but work. Mm. That's just it, you know? Like, if you're looking like you're not working, then you're in trouble, right? That that's not. Except, do you remember like ages ago there was this um, thing that came about that doctors should not be drinking coffee in public because it makes it look like they're not doing anything. Do you remember that? There was an article that popped up years ago. Okay. Uh, maybe it was a couple of years ago, and I was just like, man, like when are they going to get off our backs? Like you're not allowed to have coffee. You're yeah. not allowed to be going to have lunch with your buddies. I mean. What is this? I, I do sometimes you know? feel that, but you know, I feel a little bit uneasy actually. You know, like when they're um, 
relatives say around the nursing station or whatever and you're maybe just talking to a colleague or and then mm. you, and in the back of my mind I'm like oh maybe they think I'm just you know like I'm typing stuff like maybe they think mm. I'm just messing about or whatever and I, I have seen it where sometimes people have complained saying oh you know like the the doctors at the desk or the doctors and the nurses would just seem like they're having such a great time and actually well you know they could all be miserable and like not talk to each other and stuff but you know I don't know, like, how much... But don't you think that's sad? Like, why, why, why do we always need... I mean, you know, if you're sitting there having a bit of a giggle with your buddies, but you're still doing your work, like, why is that seen as a bad thing? Like, actually, recently, there was another thing that I think had a bit of a Twitter storm where someone had taken a photo of a doctor who'd fallen asleep because they were so exhausted. And then the, the implications are, oh, they're sleeping on the job. But it's like, no, that person was so exhausted that they'd fallen asleep. That's not fair mm. to, like, keep having a go at us about this. And then... Happens all the time, up and down the country, or no, I don't know where it's up and down the country. But I remember, like a few trusts I was working at, they were like, "No, you can't have a place to stay asleep because you're being paid to work. Yeah. You cannot have a restroom." And it's like, "What? You I know, think, like we're not machines." I think yeah. the BMA have really pushed back on that, though, haven't they? Or at least now, well, I mean, that's nonsense, isn't it? But I have seen, I have mm. heard of like colleagues saying that in in kind of recent memory, where they uh, they've been told, "Oh, you know, like on a night shift, you know, you know, you're supposed to be working and not allowed to sleep," which I think is ridiculous. Like, I think you know how you choose to have your break is up to you, and if you want to mm. bank some sleep or whatever, then surely you should be able to do that. I just think it's just like people police. Like, I think it kind of there's this idea cultivated of. Um, how we're supposed to appear and how we're supposed to behave, mm. and mm. it's just it's just nonsense, isn't it? Like everyone's different. Like why can't? Just but like... I think like it's like with a lot of things. Like you know, recently, I mean, I'm going to go off subject here, but there is a point. There's a okay. point to All what right. I'm saying. Right. <laughs> so like you know, with um, I think one the Jenner, you know, like Kim Kardashian's um, sisters, the the young one, yeah, she like um, she got named as like the um, youngest self-made billionaire right she got named as the youngest forbes youngest uh, billionaire uh, ever or something like that right okay i'm waiting for you man. Went I'm waiting, nuts. Yeah. like it's still, and people went nuts people are like, oh no that's not acceptable you know she's from a millionaire family you can't be a self-made billionaire if you're a, if you're a millionaire like, where did that rule come from she still went from millions to billions that doesn't make any sense to say <laughs> something like oh she can't there, there's like a rule behind this right and it's the same thing like it's just the idea like, i think the public perception of certain things like what a, what a self-made millionaire is and a self-made billionaire is, is almost the same thing as what the, the public perception of what a doctor is. Like, you know, it's the same, you know, like when people watch um, the Alan Sugar show, you know, The Apprentice, oh, yeah, yeah. like there was the idea that you've got to be a very harsh business person, you've got to be, you've got to, under, you know, got to take someone out and all the rest of it, which may be true, but it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have, mm. but then if it doesn't fit that sort of mold of what people think, it doesn't, it doesn't make for good entertainment and it's not believable and it's not what they want to see. So I think my, my point is, I think the general public and the managers and everyone who's in charge think that doctors are absolute workhorses and should do nothing else but work, right? And if we're seen to be doing anything else but being a doctor, if we're seen to be, you know, like even even recently, you know, with the whole um, the whole strikes were happening, and I think the guy that was in charge of the BMA, he he ran a photography business on his side. Like he, his hobby was to do photography. Yeah. He used to go do some wedding photos on the occasion, and he got called up on it on like Channel Four. They were saying, you know, is it acceptable for you to do photography in your spare time, like as a side business? And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, we're human beings too. We should be able to do like human being things, like have a coffee, yeah. have lunch with your buddies at work, have a bit yeah. of a giggle. Like, what's I, wrong with that? I do remember actually at the time, the, um, they also used social media pictures, didn't they? They were like, oh, these people are like on holiday. Like, there's some people who are on yeah. holiday and drinking champagne. They're like, oh, champagne medics. Do you remember that? that was yeah, just... yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like now we're I embarrassed gotcha. to be. 
Yeah, exactly. Like you're embarrassed to first of all like make a wage, right? That's what it feels like these days. And also, you're embarrassed to do anything but medicine or talk about medicine. Like it just seems a bit like, well, we're human beings. We've got other interests. And you know, actually, one of the good things about Twitter, I think, is sometimes when you do scroll through, someone shares the other interests that they have, and they, they you find out they're an artist. They like to draw, and their pictures are absolutely fantastic. And just little things like that, it just makes you realise, you know what, there's, we're more than one thing, you know, we're not just medics all the time. Yeah. And I think these guys who, who give these emails about manslaughter and all this stuff, I just think they just completely lost it. Yeah. I don't know where they're coming from. At the, at the heart of one of those emails, there's just some like Jobsworth who just like thinks it sounds really like clever in their head. but um, And they're just really angry and just kind of feel like people have to operate within this very, very narrow kind of field of mm. view. And then they just, I just... Yeah, as you say, like I just wonder what's going through their mind. But um, what kind of restricted worldview um, you must have to kind yeah. of think that way. But that's interesting because that does um, remind me of that other thread on Twitter, which was about tattoos, and people were showing their tattoos and stuff. Mm. Because like, yeah, um, yeah, there's kind of a depth of feeling about that, isn't there? About um, whether doctors should have tattoos or not. Um, do you have any tattoos I mean, yeah, around? What, what, no. <laughs> You know what, I, I was thinking about this because I, I saw the tattoo thing and I was really thinking to myself, like, I don't know what it is about tattoos. Like, I'm just not into tattoos. It's not, not a thing. And you know, when I was growing up, if someone had a tattoo when I was a kid growing up and I saw someone tattoo, I'd be like, well, that guy's tough. Yeah. I don't want to mess with that person. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're a tough guy. If they've got a tattoo, yeah, yeah, they're tough. Yeah. I ain't messing with them. These days, yeah, exactly. But these days, when someone's got tattoos, like, who, who doesn't have it? Dude, you know, like in Basildon, right? I work in Basildon, Essex, right? It's as if the you know, people just walked into the station shop and a big explosion happened. Like, literally everyone's got tattoo in Basildon. That's what it feels like. And it's actually really fun. Like, uh, it's kind of fun. I have to ask them, like, oh, you know, what does that tattoo mean? Why, why have you got that tattoo? And you know what? Most of the time, you know, I used to think that tattoo had to mean, tattoos need to mean something. You're going to have something marked in your skin for life. Most of time it's just to look good. That's what they say to me. It's like, all right, fair enough, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. What would you think? Yeah. I mean, I really wanted a tattoo. I really did. Really? Yeah, but okay, I, was, wow. I really what did. What stopped you? Um, well, one, because I was like, oh, but then people have to see it. And so, like, it'd have to look really good. It'd have to be, and I couldn't, like, in my mind, agree on, like, where I'd put it. So, like, that was mm. one thing. And two, the prospect of it being rather painful and taking quite a long time. Like, people were like, oh, yeah, this one took four hours. And I'd be like, four hours of someone dragging something <laughs> sharp. I was like, oh, uh, no, I'd cry. I'd no just thanks, cry. No and I'd be like, can you be yeah. drunk to have it? And they're like, no, no, that's that's really frowned upon. I'd be like, oh. So that was problem number two. And then problem number three is, like, my, as you'll know very well from me, like, my flittish kind of personality whereby I kind of go from, oh, this is a great idea. I'm, like, really into this. This is, like, my favourite thing. And then suddenly I'll be like, oh, actually, I hate that. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, so, like, I was just uh, convinced that if I did decide on something, although I was a bit mm. like, I'm going to get Batman. I want something Batman. Because, you know, I've always loved Batman ever since I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, I know you always and even, Batman, yeah. Even though I'm, like, an old man now, I'm still like, oh, yeah, I want, like, Batman LEDs and this and that. And so I remember at the time being like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll get Batman. And my girlfriend at the time was like, you're going to grow out of that. You're going you're gonna to feel real shit. And she was wrong. I would not have done... <laughs> it's not too late it's not too late it's I mean too, I'm not, not that I'm encouraging you to have it but but you know like um, genuinely some, some you know I, I know exactly I guess with Batman it means something to you like you grew up with it it means something to I don't know I mean, maybe you think you're the dark knight I am actually I yes. am yes. Yeah, I am yeah. I work in the dark room I don't that know what true. you're talking about but um, you can be the thing is like what's it Iron Man what Robin or something oh anyway. yeah Robin so so like the thing with the your thing is like when I I've had a few patients that have turned up and um like okay, I was doing I was, do, I was doing scanning a patient, and um, I noticed he had a camel tattooed on his toe. A what? A camel? Yeah. Hmm, cool. And then I looked at him and said, "Why have you got a camel on your toe?" And he looked at me and he was like, "Why not?" What do you think? 
You didn't get it either. I'm the guy, not the only one. He just looked at me like, you're an idiot. I thought you were a doctor. I'm like, well, I didn't think of a <laughs> What is that? Honestly, and then I've had, I've had it all. Like, I've had one guy and he had like a, a proper six pack of beer, like tattooed on, his, on where his abs would be. And he was like, well, I was never going to get a six pack. So I decided to get one tattooed. I was like, yeah, but, oh man, honestly, like, you know, and then, we had another guy and he came in and he, um, this was actually pretty sad. And he took it as a joke. I thought I was going to get, you know, I thought I was going to go straight to pals with this one. But he, um, he, he was playing football and right. he grazed his knee and it got really infected and got really swollen up and the skin was kind of peeling off. It was horrendous, right. right? And he had a happy face on his knee. But because of the way it was all like mangled up now, the happy face kind of became all curved and like <laughs> no. kind of curved to the edge. And I went, that happy face ain't so happy anymore, is it? And he looked at me and he went, all right, I guess I had that coming. <laughs> you got a hand with him. He was really nice about it. He was really lovely about it, honestly. But I, I don't know. I don't get tattoos. I think people get really emotional about them. And I, I've got I've got a cousin who's got tattoos. And I, I, don't, I don't really... No, they just don't do it for me. No, fair enough. You know, just... Um, I think they're awesome. I mean, I generally... I just don't know... Um, I always feel a bit funny in terms of... Because I'm genuinely like... When I see someone with a tattoo, I do want to ask them. I'm like itching to ask them. Like, where does it come from? What does it why mean? Why don't you? But sometimes, mm. I don't know. Maybe they just don't want to talk about it. You know? I don't know. I assume that's why they had it. No? No. Well, what if it's... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Like a sleeve one or something. But, you know, maybe they're just tired. Because it's an easy question to ask, isn't it? It's like when I dislocated my shoulder and I have a sling on it. Everyone... Like, you just get random oh, people. Yeah. It's like walking up yeah. to me like, Oh, so tell me about your arm. And I'm like... Oh, mm. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to talk about it. But, like, it's not quite the same thing. Well, it's kind of also... Are you talking about when we were in Australia? Is that the time you, you dis- oh, dislocated again yeah, after that? Yeah, yeah, I dislocated it twice after that. So oh, really? Yeah, oh, God, yeah. 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 I mean, I remember that. That was the first time you did it with us, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. When we were surfing in Australia. Surfing, back yeah, the, the other two times we were doing jiu-jitsu. And then I got it fixed. Did I tell you? I got it fixed. And then... No, um, no, no. So, like, the se- uh, second or third time um, I was doing jiu-jitsu and uh, lifting this guy who... I think at that time I still was quite light, like I was about 12 stone, and I was throwing this guy who was about 16, 17 stone, and my arm just couldn't cope, and so I threw him, but then my arm <laughs> came out as well. And then I, went, I remember I went to Fracture Clinic um, mm. with my sling, like the next day, and I was like, oh, so um, when can I return to uh, exercise? And there was this orthopedic like fellow, and he was, he was, he was a big guy, he's a big dude. And mm. I don't mean like in a, you know, I just mean like he was just, re- you know, not exercised ever in his life. Okay. And yeah, he yeah. literally said to me, Fat like, shaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, I'm about, you know, I'm a horrible person. <laughs> but he's just, but the thing was, he just said to me, he just like, uh, I was like, oh, when can I return to exercise? And he just kind of like, just, just moved, he, he did this hand gesture and was like, you know, you can't do that anymore. And then I was like, what, what am I going to do for exercise? He's like, I don't know, swim. And then it's like, oh, but wow. the way he said it was okay. like, get out of my room, kind of way. I was so angry with him. I was like, well, I. And so then I, then I went and got it. Like I got my labour in bed. So here's a question for you: in that situation, when you're, and I think this came up on Twitter not so long ago, when do you volunteer to another medical professional that you're a medical professional? Like, is that an awkward thing? I always find it awkward. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. The thing is, is that if you don't do it at the beginning, then it's going to be awkward when you do. And I, I always find that there's that situation where people don't tell you, but then they coyly put in like my sats mm. were, and you know, mm. oh, and um, I it just you know like they kind of drop in a bit of jargon like oh my musical. No, they won't say they're musical, but do you know what I mean? They'll kind of like <laughs> something. yeah. I mean that's what I do sometimes. One, I mean, but then I think I don't know whether you are you being rude by saying by the way I'm a doctor as well. Like you need to I, I treat me some like, way. Oh, when I've done it, I've been like yeah. look, you know, full disclosure. I'm a 
cardiology registrar. Interested in intervention. No, <laughs> 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 and I, I feel like I just get out there and whatever. Like, it mm. uh, depends on what it is, I guess. But, like, mm. um, I think if I've gone to my GP with a rash, then I, I will also say, look, not that I go to my... What, what have I implied? I don't know. But um, mm. I will say something along the lines of, I have no idea, so, you know, please talk to, uh, speak to me like I'm an idiot because I... I'm an idiot, so... I'm an idiot, yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man, like, I, I find it, I, I don't know, I find it a bit, I always find it awkward, I always find it awkward, and I think, um, especially when, you know, my wife was going to give birth, I remember um, she was going to, this nurse came in, and she had this, like, she had all the cannula stuff ready, and I kind of peeked over, and I, she had a grey, and I was like, whoa, 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 is that a grey? Are you putting a grey into her? And she goes, why, is that a problem? I was like... It's big. Grey's like the biggest one that you've got, and she goes, are you, are you? and I said, like, yeah, I'm a doctor. I'm a consultant. Um, oh, no, Grey's like the biggest one you've got. And she was like, no, this is what we do. And I was like, okay, all right, you carry on then. And my wife said, like, is everything okay? And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 don't worry about it, don't worry. You, you just carry on, you just carry on, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I wouldn't want to be the one getting a Grey. And then, <laughs> and then like, she, they, she messed it. She messed it up. Oh, she messed no. it up. And then she and she came up to me and goes, "I got nervous because you're here." Oh no! See, look what you did. And oh, I, thought, I see. Yeah, I know. And I was like, "Oh God!" I just inflicted, a, a, you know, inflicted a bit of pain on my poor wife because I said that. I, and so now, now I feel a bit, you know. And the same similar happened with my dad. Like he, we ended up, ended up going to A and E. And interestingly, actually, the people in that place when I turned up, I told them, "Look, I tried to do the full disclosure thing," and they were actually pretty mean to me. Oh, they yeah. were like, "Well, if you're a doc, why did you bring your dad in?" Yeah. I mean, because I'm because I'm worried about him. I mean, I, that is why I brought him in. And then um, similar situation, like they were going to try and stick Kenya in, and um, they they were just messing it up. And then she goes, "Look, I'm not able to do this." And she walked off. And I was like, "He's got the biggest, fattest veins in the world. What are you talking about?" So she walked off. And I was like, "Fine, I'll do it." So I stuck a, I stuck a candle in, right? Oh my god, I got into so much trouble. Did you? I got into so much trouble. Yeah, yeah. The the matron came out. Like, who who do you think you are? You can't come into the department and like put a cannula in your dad. I'm like, yeah. I guess it's trying to help. I mean, you know, like you guys are struggling. I didn't want to get stabbed again and again. Like, yeah. sorry. Yeah. And they really, really were upset with me. But they, uh, my experience of that time when I when I volunteered of myself being a doc, mm. it wasn't pleasant. They were actually very, very rude to me and very, very mean. Um, and so uh, I don't know. I don't know how to play it. Like, do I do I say it or do I not say it? I mean, yeah. yeah I think I you should I mean, be able to do it either way and still get and still be treated like a basic human being. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I guess I can understand like the nervousness that someone might feel yeah, if you're a doc and you come in. I mean, yeah, fair enough. I mean, that wasn't great, but uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's people are people, people are weird. I, I mean, we've said this again and again. I don't know. Like, someone came, you know, the number of times I've been at an ultrasound, right? Yeah. And then someone knocks on the door and they're like, Hi, uh, are you, are you, you know, the consultant? Yeah, I am. So, uh, I'm a doc, and I was just wondering if you could, you know, kind of squeeze me in and like, yeah, 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 you know, no worries, no, no, no problem, I, I'll scan you, not, not an issue, right? Like, if I can help, I'll help. Like, I know how hard it is, I know how busy we are, you know, yeah. and me trying to help out is like the only little perk that we have. Yeah, so I true. always try my best, but I don't think everyone has, I, my, my experience, personal experience so far has not been that. People have been that positive when I when I volunteered who I, who I, who I am. Like, oh, I'm Batman. <laughs> everyone, I'm Batman, you know? <laughs> but like, uh, speaking of those perks that you might get from, you know, just allowing that um that camaraderie right i guess mm. or like that kind of a collaborate we're all kind of in this together we're on the same mm. so i mean if a policeman say for example had asked you to make mm. him a coffee <laughs> well, would you would you be like oh yes officer was that how many sugars do you take do you have milk or what would you do 
you know what? Like, I'm so oblivious these days in my own world. I probably would have just made it for him. Would you? Off, like, no, yeah, that's not true. Look, this yeah, is... I don't, I don't I know. know, man. You reckon? Is you reckon? I don't know. No way. You're like, oh, this. Uh, when you're handed an ultrasound <laughs> list, you're like, oh my God, it's not in alphabetical order. And uh, where am I? Like, I've never done where that. Where are all my yellow I've never M&Ms? I've never done that. I've never done that. That's not, look, look, just for full disclosure, what actually happened was they tried, I came to work one day, okay, and they suddenly gave me a list and said, oh, these are all the portable ultrasounds you're meant to be doing. I was like, since when am I doing portable ultrasounds? What are you talking about? Yeah. So, oh yeah, you know, we just thought that you do them. And I, okay, I, I don't know where this came from. So I looked at the list and it was like shoulder ultrasound. And I thought, okay, I'm doing what, ward, ward stuff for shoulder ultrasound? Oh, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, it was like stuff like, oh, lumps been there. And it was like, these are all COVID patients and these are shoulder ultrasounds. I know I'm the MSK guy, but like, these aren't emergencies. And then they kind of went, so you're not doing it, Dr. Lasker? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've never said no before in my life. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> Can I say no? Yeah. And I kind of looked around and everyone kept quiet and they took the list from me and I was like, am, am, I, in, am I in trouble? Yeah. Am I in trouble? Okay, I'm going to walk off now. And I kind of look back every now and again thinking, Oh wow! Mm, the power of I'm saying doing no. That list. Yeah, the yeah. Well, exactly. I never, I've never really said no before. I mean, they know that. I think that's why they did it. Yeah. Because I, I don't, I don't normally say no, so they just jumped me with it, uh, and I just didn't think it was appropriate, yeah, not yeah. at all. So that's why. You know, I should explain. Anyway. I, I should explain mm. what my um, my uh, my uh, comment was supposed to mean. So there was a tweet uh, by a colleague, uh, a female doctor, who uh, mm. was working in A and E, a busy shift. She said she was walking to the desk. Um, I think in the middle of doing some work and uh, a police officer said um i shouldn't paraphrase but something along the lines of can you get me a Mm, cup of coffee coffee. yeah Mm. and i guess but you know yeah come on some of the i think i think one of the implication one of the things that i certainly uh was a take home um or like uh, maybe a judgment made was that would she have would that um policeman have asked a a male doctor to do the same Uh, that's the thing, right? It, it, I feel like we're in the danger of mansplaining, right? And I mm-hmm. hope we don't fall into that situation. Yeah. But I, I never really noticed much of an issue between a female colleague and a male colleague until I was doing an ultrasound list with a consultant. And I was a registrar at the time, and she she was a female consultant. And um, every single patient that walked to the room came and spoke to me, sat mm-hmm. opposite me, walked right past her like she didn't even exist. And um, and then afterwards, I said, does that happen to you a lot? She was all the time. Yeah. All the time, people walk past me thinking that I'm not the consultant, and they'll they'll always think that the the young registrar is a consultant instead of me. And it's just a, again, it's to do with public perceptions. Like there's that there's that riddle. Have you heard that riddle about like um, there a, a a father and a a father and a son get into an accident and they go to hospital, and and the doctor walks in and says, "Sorry, I can't I can't operate on this patient. This patient, they're my son," and walks off. You know what's the answer to the riddle and the answer to the riddle is that Female. the doctor's oh. a mum yeah. yeah and that's the thing like most people and i actually tried on a few people when i say most oh like i've done a proper study on it but i've tried mm-hmm. on a few time a few people and um yeah it works that riddle works people do do get you know pushed to think that a doctor is a male and i don't think you know not that i know the entire situation but i would be surprised if that doc that policeman would come up to you through or me and ask us for a coffee mm. and so we don't know what it's like to be in that situation because i mean has it ever happened to you i can't even imagine it happening mm. to me which is why i thought no, it probably would but i operate under a kind of a different so like if someone asked me to do something like that i do it so bad like it's like when joe asked me to do something at home like i do it so badly i do i do it i'm like <laughs> oh yeah yeah i'll do it and i do it so badly 
that there's no way that I'll ever get asked to do it again. So what I'll do is, like, say, for example, if this policeman had asked me for a coffee, I probably would have just gone and got some cold water and then add loads of milk. <laughs> and then I'd put it in, no, and then I'd put a bit of coffee in there and then put it in, like, a microwave or something for, like, I don't know, 15 seconds. So it's, like, tepid warm. And just hand him, like, there you go. But I'd be like, oh, there you are. Like, and just, like, just give him, like, a really dirty cup. So then they think I'd try it. And then I'd stay there and watch them have a sip of it. Now, I wouldn't do any of that. But my point, I th- uh, no, I haven't been asked that. And I think because people obviously can tell from my face that I probably would do something stupid like that. But um, I think the thing that kind of stri- surprised, so obviously there were lots of people in support. Like, you know, Twitter, obviously yeah. there are lots of people. I guess maybe the people gravitate towards it who tend to be kind of like on the nicer side. But then there were people who were being like, well, maybe you should have. Like there was this person who's like, I'm an A&E consultant and I would have done it. And um, there's loads of apologists, like female. As well, I'm like, mm. oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I guess the crux of the issue is like, who did the policeman think she was when she uh, when he asked that question? But it'd be unlikely that a police. I mean, I wouldn't. I would be surprised if a member of the public or a police would ask a consultant or a doctor, "Can you go make me a cup of coffee?" Well, then I guess then there, there was that other issue, isn't it? Like, well, yeah, oh. but then there were there was a nurse who was like, "Well, you know what? You think because you're a doctor, you're too important to make the coffee." And it's like, well, well, no. I mean, like. Even if uh, the uh, policeman had asked, well, anyone, like you know, they're doing their job, like they're doing their job. Like you have two mm. arms and two legs, could you not do it? Oh, like you, you mm. couldn't get away because you're handcuffed. To I don't know. It just seemed like what well, there's no provision for you guys to, you know, when you're doing doing your job, for you to have like a break to, to like get drinks. Is that not? It just seems like really strange. Like if if that's the case, like if you're so if you're chained to someone um, as part of your job and there's no provision for you to go and get yourself basic hydration and stuff you know or to go to the toilet then that's mm. that, that's a problem with the working conditions it's not a problem with the the doctor or the nurse or anyone who's doing their job um and suddenly has to go make you a coffee i mean i just see you know, that's interesting isn't it like you know when you see these policemen walking around with a with a with a prison you know they someone's coming to hospital and they're actually handcuffed to to the prisoner right like what happens if the, do- the policeman needs to go to the bog like what do they do? I've seen it happen, actually. Sometimes it's really odd. It depends, actually. With police, actually, like, the police generally... Um, what, they don't pee? <laughs> yeah, they don't. <laughs> they just pee into their hats. They've got those really soft... No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, like, the, type, the times where it's been most odd or the most kind of, like, over the top have been with prison guards, I've found, sometimes. So, like, I remember... Mm. So, like, not that long ago, I had a patient... Oh, not that long ago, I might say that. Anyway, there was a time... At some point, mm, okay. um, At where, some point. like a person uh, had to have a cast, they had an angiogram, and the prison guard was like, "Oh, come in," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, mate, but you're gonna get like radiated and stuff, and if you're gonna be like handcuffed, literally, you know, there's really tiny handcuffs where your arms are together, mm. and you're gonna get a lot of radiation. Okay, you can wear your like mm. meds and stuff, but your head's gonna be like right up, like that's not cool, dude." Mm. Like, and then he was like, "Oh no, no, we need like a risk assessment and all this kind of thing," and it got really complicated. And I was like, "Oh, just take the handcuffs off and maybe just stand at either door, and if he tries to make a break for it, then you can just suddenly." rugby tackle him to the floor but it was just mm. um but like there have been a few times where i remember the person i see another patient it's not the same one this guy was fine and obviously mm. i did the cast so it was absolutely fine but um mm. there was another patient i remember who was like really really unwell and the guy was like still like attached attached to him and i'm like dude like this guy money to shock this person like you know and he's like, oh it's fine i can take it is what he said are you joking and he was just like so it's, it's such a like bro thing to say like, oh yeah i'm hard i could take it i'm like i bet you he thought this was gonna be the big 
beginning, it, that would be his origin story. <laughs> that this is the point where he'd become like a raider or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but mate, I, was, I remember in that moment, I, I just, if it wasn't the fact that oh, the patient was man. actually kind of sick, I just wanted to turn over to him and be like, mate, this is, that's the saddest, most bro-like thing I've ever heard. And you need to sort your life out. But I didn't. But Jesus Christ. You know, like, I think a consultant told me that something, like, there was a patient he brought in and then he was meant to be doing a biopsy okay. and the policeman had to be attached to this patient. And then at some point, like he was about to put the needle in and then the, the patient sort of, the, the prisoner fell off the, the bed right. and it's because the policeman fainted and dragged him off. <laughs> he was like, no, I'm not very good at needles. They just fainted right there and then and they were like all over the floor. He was like, what on earth is going on? Is the guy trying to make a break for it? <laughs> Can you imagine? You know, I'd, I'd be holding the biopsy and you'd like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to protect myself. <laughs> oh, strange, strange world. But it's interesting, isn't it? Like uh, what you said, I mean, you're talking about like uh, some nurses saying, are you too good to make a coffee, right? And that actually brings me to think to the subject that we, we were talking about earlier. And it's about the idea that, you know, this thread went out and I thought it was quite sweet actually through, I think I really like what you did, but the people were talking about when, um, talk about a time when a, a teacher said that you wouldn't make it or something, or said something you wouldn't make it and then and you ended up making it. And actually you flipped it on the other side and said, you know what, I'm gonna talk about a teacher that did a really positive thing for mm-hmm. me. And you talked about um, Mr. Latif. Yeah, Mr. Latif, yeah. You had a really positive experience with that guy and you tweeted him. Yeah. Uh, and then you discovered him on Twitter. I know. And then, you know, this is so weird, isn't it? Yeah. Because you know? then I was a bit like, oh, should I? And then I was like, oh, maybe. But then I thought, a lot of water's gone under the bridge. And I was like, I don't even remember who I am. And then I was like, oh, that might be a bit weird. And then I was like, oh, mm. I also, I called him Dr. Latif. And I was like, oh, is he Dr. Latif? Was he not? And I was like, oh. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. I don't remember him being a doctor. And I was like, oh, yeah. no. And then I was like, oh, mm. it's too much. But anyway, he replied and he was really nice. And he said that was a good pupil and stuff. And I was like, oh, God. It was a bit of a generic response, mate. It was. You generic. know, it's like when, yeah, it was like, uh, you know. Yeah, but it was nice of him. It was nice of him to, I mean, to reply. But what I, what I found interesting about that is that, you know, a whole load of medics were talking about like the time when someone said they weren't going to make it and now they're a doc and I was like oh really I mean does that mean that being a medic means you made it is that what is that what this is because you know do you not feel like you made I, it? I was um I think it's it's personal isn't it like it depends on what you really want but the point I guess from my point of view what I think anyway is that I, like I keep, I've said a few times I didn't do that great but um, I had friends who got straight A's and straight A stars, but they didn't go into medicine, they went into accountancy, they went to the city. Mm. But I, I started noticing that me just being a doc was like more of a special thing amongst people. Like people used to be like, well, people are, you know, they're, they're like, oh, wow, you're, you're a doc, that's really cool. But I'd be like, yeah, but my grades are terrible. And like the only, the only difference between me and my friend who's far cleverer than me is that I went to med school and he decided to actually go make some real money. But um, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I, I guess on some level I knew that that was the case. Like I knew that, uh, if I went into medicine, it would feel like I'd made it because otherwise, why? You know, when I was growing up, the the richer person, the person who was successful in our society, was a doc. So why would I not want to be a doc? Mm. Um, but it's interesting that, like, uh, it, it, I guess I'm I clearly I'm not the only one that felt like I'd made it. Do I feel like I made it now? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, I'm at the very uh, not at the very end, at the beginning of being a consultant, and um, yeah. It's, it's nice. I mean, don't get me wrong. We've talked about like how, how things are nicer and, and also like you're, better, you're much more in charge of what you want to do. Yeah. Like if you don't want to do certain things, you don't do it. If you want to live somewhere, you do it. You know, they're just I think there's certain things that are not really 
the same as when you're a reg gone well i think though the kind of um the reverence that we get as a profession isn't so much because we're like we're not rock stars um it's more mm. but we, we are privileged though right like we see people like people you ask them intrusive questions and people assume mm. that that's because you're, you're doing it in their interest and you they um share with you things that they wouldn't share with many other people mm. and they you know and they're naked around you some often and it's just uh all those things that i guess um we wield a kind of power in that way um mm. and so i think that kind of reverence probably comes from that privileged position we have rather i mean the idea that we've made it i think probably is um is not just i mean obviously the money side of it is you know it's good though right it's not like it's not bad but um i think it's the other things though because people recognize how difficult it is to make it to the end i think because so many people mm. um you know to, to try and get the grade trying to get to med school trying to get into a particular type of training and then even just mm. staying in within medicine there's the attrition there's so, and also like um i think um i think people probably respect that um, there are people who do it who are kind of smart or wh whatever, but obviously there's a, a commitment to um, to it that's probably outside of what you might get back from it. So the amount that you put in um, in terms of a monetary reward is probably not necessarily equivalent to the other stuff that you get with it, I guess. Like the way you well, I mean, the thing is, like, um, I've, I mean, this is an interesting topic that you bring up because I've thought about it a lot, right? Like, I think. Um, I think someone was talking to me once and said, oh, you know, do you feel bad that, like, you don't get paid as much as a footballer or something? Right. And I said, why, why would I feel bad about that? And they were like, oh, yeah, but, you know, you're dealing with life and death. And it's like, I know that people, I know that, I know we do an important job. I know, I know that we're dealing with people's lives. I know that. But in this reality, in this life that, or the society that we have, there's not actually that much, there's not much, that much importance on that on that like people's lives are relatively cheap compared to someone kicking a ball through a football uh, through a net i mean that's just the way it is right oh because of the values so, of, that we have as a society. yeah exactly the value like you know the the monetary value the value that you have is just not it's never going to be the same like you may save someone's life which is a fantastic thing but you're not going to be making you know the same as someone kicking a football through a net and that's because of the way society works we're not we're not living in a society where the value of a human life is as much as kicking a football mm. It's the truth. It's the truth. I mean, I'm not bringing that up just because of the whole Super League thing that was going on this week. But I'm just saying, like, for some, for some, um, the society doesn't work in a way that, you, you know, we think that lives are important. Yeah. But I don't think society values life, life in the same way. Mm. And I, I think we see that happen repeatedly with regards to the way, you know, we see society is like, you know, we've got people who are homeless, who are starving. I mean, if that was the most important thing, then surely we should be, we could be doing something about it, mm. couldn't we? But it's interesting, though, isn't it? Because yeah. we talk about... We talk about how people regard like medics and stuff, right? Like, um, mm. but, um, but then on the other side, did you see there was that whole um, scandal? But like the thing by Benefit Makeup, where they uh, they were encouraging um, their kind of stylists and stuff not to engage with people who work within the NHS because they're <laughs> slightly more likely to have COVID, and so to protect their workers, they were like, don't don't don't, don't serve people from the NHS, and people were like, wow. what? <laughs> uh, what like um it was um and then that like, benefit kind of did this weird little retraction thing where they're like well, we have changed our policy we've listened 
and it was it was like that mm. apology that guy who came back was like with his apology which was to anyone that's willing to listen and then kind of went off with his <laughs> little apology it was it was that kind of apology like a little bit like yeah <clears throat> um but it still was kind of it's it mean-spirited to begin with like oh you know uh, what did, did you see that no Are you, yeah no i didn't see that so they were saying that they weren't gonna yeah no i don't know what that is what is benefit what is it oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah. What is that? What I know. I know what that is. What does that say about me as a husband? I mean, Benefit is a type of makeup, um, so it's a brand. Ah. It's really good, actually. Like, um, I'm not okay. myself, but like, you know, the the little <laughs> kind of the boxes that they come in are really cute. So they're quite nice for like. Okay. Christmas. So like, um, when I'm like running out of like gift ideas for you, I'm like, oh, let's get some Benefit stuff in there as well because she just. Wow. She okay. Like, okay. So Benefit, right they were there, saying right. they were going to serve NHS. Uh, people because of the potential risk of being exposed yeah, to COVID. Yeah, like the risk to our workers. And so I was like, oh. wow, didn't that flip? That seems like a flip because there was a time when everyone was like, NHS, yeah. yeah, you were. I mean, honestly, I loved going to the the supermarket and getting like preferential entry to the supermarket. Yeah, yeah, man, it was good. You know, and then I think my I think the other day actually, my um, my my young kid was playing in the car and he must have left the lights on. And then the battery went down. I was like, oh, great. You know, this is ridiculous, right? But I was working from home because as soon as the COVID happened, the radiologist, did you notice the radiologist disappeared? Like that, I don't know what happened with you guys, but radiologist disappeared. We just were reporting. You don't know what happened with us, guys. Stuff happened. Yeah. Stuff happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's something, yeah, I mean, radiologists are just sitting at home. Most of us just ran away. So I was sitting there and I think, oh, what am I going to do? So I went on the internet as an NHS um, you know, breakdown. And turn out a- the AA were doing like some sort of NHS recovery for free or something like that. Yeah. So I call them up and I was like, hi, um, yeah, my uh, car battery's down. Um, can you can you come fix it? I'm NHS, mm-hmm. by the way. And they're like, yeah, straight away. And they came in, they fixed it. They were like, hey, key worker, key worker. He's a key worker. And they, they sorted out straight. They were awesome. They were awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and then I was buying some gym gear yeah, recently. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I, I was trying to get, the thing is like, um, you take it back to I'm the not bank, really too technical about it. Oh, mate. So I, I'm not going to get too technical about it. But then I turned out that the, the upgrade from what I was buying you know, it was something that I wanted. So I messaged him and said, hey, you know, I'm an NHS worker. Uh, I was wondering if you could give that other one for a bit of a discount. I said, well, you can have it for the same price as the one that you just bought. There you go, it's done, it's upgraded. I was like, all right, nice. <laughs> so, uh, you know, how does perks? And then now you've got this situation with Benefit is saying, uh, no, so because you, you you've ruined people. it for everyone else, you used up all that goodwill, and now it's hang on, no, mate, I'm saving lives out here. I'm I'm writing those yeah. I'm writing those That's reports CT so re- you know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Clinical correlation is advised. Yeah, yeah, good. Exactly, good saving good lives, saving lives. Yeah, good Authorize and move on. Good one. Let's go. Good Let's one. go. Good one. Okay, so but you know, coming back to the such as you know, come back to the tattoo and medics thing quickly, oh, like. Yeah. Um, you know, like uh, there was a guy, I don't, uh, there, I, won't, I won't say his name just in case it doesn't be mentioned, but there was a guy that we went to med school with and he had one tattoo, with a tattoo of a snake on his arm. And then a few years later, he, I remember he was telling me he was going to get it removed because a consultant had told him that, you know, if you want to kind of make it anywhere, you probably need to get rid of that right. tattoo. And he decided to get rid of it. Yeah. And then actually at the time, I felt like I saw partly agreed with him because I felt as though, um, you know, at the time I felt like, oh, well, you know, yeah, I guess if a patient sees you with a massive tattoo down your arm, they might, they might think differently. They might not feel, feel so comfortable. But I wonder whether that's the case anymore. Because, you know, like I said, when we were younger or when I was younger, if someone had a tattoo, that'd be an aggressive thing. It'd be like, oh, that, that person must be, they, they must be tough. But these days it's like more of a fashion thing, isn't it? Like they look cool. I mean, they do look cool. Don't get me wrong, they but do just, look cool. I mean, 
uh, does it should it really matter why the person gets a tattoo? I think the thing is though, like you could kind of replace. I mean, maybe I'm being a bit dramatic, but maybe you could replace the tattoo thing with people just look different, right? And so, in mm. the same way that you're like, oh, like um, they might see a t- someone with a tattoo and not feel comfortable, they could not see it. T- they could see someone with dark skin and be like, oh, I don't feel comfortable, or see like a person, a male doctor, and be like, mm. I don't feel comfortable. I think the thing is, is that ultimately, where's the pro- where's the problem lie? And ultimately, like, if the person seeing you is going to I mean, like, it's not going to have any bearing on the care you receive, is it? Like, whether mm. they had the tattoo yeah, yeah, 20 years ago or whatever, or 10 years ago, or they really have got loads of tattoos. I just think, like, does it really matter? Also, tattoos look really cool. Mm. But, but to the side, like, I just think, like, should it really make a difference? But the funny thing was, I did hear, like, one of my bosses make some comment when he saw, like, a sister with it. And he's like, oh, you know, back in my day, like, no nurse. And I was just like, mm, you just sound so old. Like, what mm. is it? It must be exhausting being like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like the way that person looks. That's just, mm. that's not becoming. That's not becoming. <laughs> that's not becoming. Like, Jesus. Like, so many opinions. Whole, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It's like, uh, so many opinions. Just like, you know what? Life is so much better if you just fewer opinions and stuff and it's like oh yeah that's how it is okay cool 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 you yeah. know what I actually made it's reminded of a massive gaffe I did once oh, massive no. this is big I thought this is it I'm done I'm done like, I was like, literally you know sometimes you think there's a gaffer so big I'm just going to walk out I'm, I'm done now so I was about to I was doing an ultrasound on this patient and then I looked at and I think on her sort of back thigh she had um all right, do you remember that movie Gremlins? Do you remember that movie? Yeah, I know. Yeah, Gremlins with a little. Wait, you were too small for that. What were you doing up watching? No, that? what are you talking about? I, 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 it's Gremlins was like back in the day. I love Gremlins. Gremlins was like in the nineties. She had a. Anyway, you'd have been like six years yeah, old. Yeah, anyway, so she was. Um, she had this grem. It looked like a gremlin, mm. uh, a tattoo, right? So I was like, oh, that that's a. I, I was into that movie too. And she was what movie? So, you know, Gremlins. Uh, you know, that's uh, you know that's a tattoo. And she goes, no, that's a tattoo of my daughter. <laughs> I thought, what? No, is that true? And I looked at, yeah, yeah, and I looked at it and I thought, and I, what, how is that possible? And it turned out like the daughter had like all this makeup on. It must have been a photo with a, a bit of makeup and beads and stuff. And then she had her hair up in a way and it just made it look like it, it was, oh, man. yeah, I was like, all right. Oh boy. Sorry. Wait, wait, so what were you doing? Sorry. Are you, was this when you were a consultant? What? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was doing ultrasound. Yeah, yeah. And I was so just then, like, I'm really sorry. Did you leave just, the room? But I, I think I managed to get it. I was like, oh, I saw it at a different angle. I just didn't see it properly. And she was, oh, yeah, 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 don't worry about it. And then she was like talking about like how she loves tattoos to get another one. And I should get a tattoo. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not doing that, mate. I don't, I don't like needles. I don't mind stabbing you with a needle, but I'm not getting a needle anywhere near me, mate. Forget that. No way. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. The stuff that you get away with, yeah, yeah. amazing. Well, I'm, I'm consultant. I can't do yeah. it. Well, speak, joking, but that leads us. Well, that leads us <laughs> onto our next topic, actually, doesn't it? Bullies in the NHS. Although, like, I've I've marked this down as, well, you know, we should discuss it because I've written down bullies in the NHS. And someone had mm. written. I think there was like a thread about um, people's experience of bullying. And um, mm. someone very kindly, actually, the person who put the tweet said something along the lines of, if you've experienced it, then feel free to send me a DM and I can give you some advice and stuff. And interestingly, mm. someone uh, commented saying that um, s- some of the perpetrators of bullying are just simply people who have got to a point where they just uh, are simply untouchable. They've, they've got to a place where nobody, nobody can usurp them, so they're just there and they can mm. say what they like. And then other people who kind of um, are just completely unaware of their behaviour being uh, toxic you know just like, stressed people and, but you, you know like I think you know I think did we speak about this or not like it's just like your true personality oh yeah we spoke about this um, you know with the racism thing like your true personality comes uh, out I think when you 
I think I think a lot of people's true personality comes out when they become untouchable. Mm. Like, and I think I think you get a glimpse of what people are like when you're driving. And I sounds and that sounds crazy, but when you're driving, you know, there's no real, there's not, there's a very unlikely possibility that you're going to get called up on anything that you do. Mm. And so, you know, you cut someone up or they cut you, you could be effing and blinding, right? But if you're walking down the street. Right, and I bump into you. You'd be like, "Oh, sorry, through. Oh, sorry, Ronnie. I didn't mean to bump into you like that." But you do anything similar in a car, you can ha- you're gonna you can have a fight on your hands. That's what people are like. And um, and the same you see again and again, like you know, when someone you know people are, oh, I don't I don't need more than one car. Don't then they might make a lot of money, and all of a sudden they're like buying three cars and stuff because actually they've got that in them. And I and I wonder whether it's the same thing when you you know when you kind of got you've got a side of your personality you didn't know you had, right? Or maybe you've always kept it down because you didn't have the power to be able to show you know get away with it. Now you can get away with it. You pretty much do whatever you want. And like I was saying the other day, like, you know, um, a consultant turns up half an hour late every day, no one's going to say anything. But a reg turns up half an hour late, people are going to have a problem with you. Yeah, yeah sure. So it's a marker it's, of a person's right. personality, though, isn't it? A marker of their kind of, mm. per, like, their their being and how they treat... Yeah, who they really are. Yeah, and how they, yeah. how they treat people they don't have to be nice to. Are you a nice driver? Uh, Are you, do you get angry driving? Uh, so if someone if someone wrongs <laughs> me, so I drive. I do drive like my wife. I think I'm a good driver, but my wife is like everyone says that. Yeah, you're everyone right. says that. Whereas about my, yeah. I do, but the thing is, I enjoy it. So I throw the car around, and she and I have been told that I drive my car a bit like a go kart. Like I throw it around, mm. but I don't think I'm aggressive. But if if I do get nonsense from other people, I found that actually responding with aggression just brings about more aggression, and nobody ends up feeling satisfied afterwards. You're both like, ah! and they're like, ah! and then you're like, oh! And I remember like once mm. this guy was like tailgating behind this ambulance as everyone was moving out of the way, and this guy was like tailgating behind them, and and then he was like, ah! to everyone like, like everyone was like, what are you doing? Like you're so out of order like everyone's being out of the way and you're just kind of like bombing in behind this ambulance like behind yeah. the rest. and and then I, I remember I think maybe that was the day where it kind of struck me like just calling that guy a tosser like he's just gonna be like everyone else is wankers anyway whereas mm. sometimes if you just like hey like thumbs up and you kind of like give him like really goofy <laughs> smart then it's really confusing and it creates a kind of yeah. and so I like to do that like if someone does something really really just really annoying I'm just like hey, good one and give like two thumbs up and then I'm like huh? and um, so mm. I like to do that but um, I guess that's kind of that's passive aggression isn't it but um, yeah, yeah I guess so do that I mean, I like it when uh, someone's really aggressive and they overtake you or undercut you, whatever, and then you catch up with them in the next traffic line. Like, man, all that, all <laughs> oh, yeah. that craziness, all that weaving in and out. And how do you respond to the aggression? Hi. <laughs> how do you respond to that in the hospital? Have you ever had to respond to that kind of? You know, do you have a technique? Yes. How do you manage it? Yeah. How do you manage no, it? No. Well, do you manage no, it I well? think recently. Um, no, no. I think uh, well, recently I had um, a situation which turned up where. Um, I think a patient was meant to get an ultrasound of their arm or something, and then for whatever reason it didn't happen. And for whatever reason, this person whose patient it was thought it was my fault that this didn't happen because I I don't understand by the hand but not the arm. <laughs> and clearly, I, I must have thought like, oh well, you know, I didn't. I, I would never have not done it if I'd known that it, it needed to be done. Like it's just a case of going from the hand and upwards. I mean, how hard is that? <laughs> yeah. But uh, clearly, this person wasn't happy. They sent a, they sent a letter to me mm. saying. Dr. Lasker, you know, uh, I wanted also the upper arm to be done and I can see it's been cancelled and I need you to, you know, this is completely unacceptable and I need a, I want a letter as soon as possible to try and explain what happened. I need you to explain yourself. Yeah. And I thought, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I have no idea who you are. I don't understand, like, what, I don't know who this patient is, yeah? If you want another scan, just go ask for another scan. I've got nothing to do with this. Like, I don't have a problem with doing it. Like I've said before, if I can scan more, I would scan more. It's not an issue, Yeah. yeah? 
I just ignored the I just ignored the letter. Right, like, you know enough. what? Like I don't have time for this because it's also not my job to explain myself. Yeah, like, especially if I've got nothing to do with the situation, right? You can't suddenly be aggressive to me and say that. But then I was talking to my friend about it, and you actually, you know, I'm not going to give away too much about. It, but when you when you looked at it, who who this person is, mm-hmm. they they they're older. Okay, that's one thing. And you know they're not they're not you know from they're not born from this country, but they're a consultant, right? Uh, and you kind of you take a step back and you know how hard it must have been for someone from somewhere else because I know what it's like from my my parents and and other people who who tried to make it anywhere in the, in that generation the seventies and eighties it was almost next to impossible to make it into a place of power or, or anything like that mm-hmm. so this person's clearly got there and I thought maybe that's how they did it they were aggressive they they're aggressive to get what they wanted mm-hmm. and that's how they did it and so that's all they know. So I thought, you know, there's no point of getting annoyed about it. That's just the way they are. But I still didn't do anything about it. Just, I'm <laughs> Fair not... enough. I thought this was going to be yeah. like this redemptive arc where you like go and you do, and then there'd be like a mentor. And no, no, no. no. Like, seriously, man. I've got other things to do. I'm not going to go find a, you know, find some headed paper, mm. write a letter, you know, and then find out who did. But you could just, you know, it's a half an hour, 40 minute you could have job. Done, like, and this would have been just... perfect. You could have like done a headed paper and then just done one line. Like, sure, I'd be happy to do it. Just send another request. And then, you know, just, that's it. Like, just willfully just misread their email and just, just reply to that one line. <laughs> Now, I've had a, I've had a few encounters with this one, honestly. Uh, like really? I think another one oh, where they, they emailed. Much. No, I mean they just emailed a whole load of people, copied them in, saying, "Oh, can you explain this bit?" They had three questions. I was like, "Oh yeah, fair enough. I didn't answer the, the question that you're asking. No problems. I'll answer them." And I said, "Oh, by the way, there's no point in like including like admin and stuff. Like I'm happy to answer your question. Here's my phone number. Just call me whenever, right?" And then she copied everyone. This person copied everyone else again, saying, "I need you to answer these questions." And I was like, those are different questions now. I've answered the last three questions, now you've asked another three questions. So how long is this going to go on for? So I emailed again, hi, look, I think we've already had this discussion. Do you mind not copying everyone? It just wastes their time, there's no point, but I'm happy to answer Here's my phone number, but these are the answers to your three questions, and these are the answers to your next three questions, which weren't the questions that you asked in the first place. I hope you do realise that. <laughs> and then she replied, that's so helpful. Thank you so much. And she was so pleasant. Maybe, like, oh, so this, so this could be just a thing where like her caps lock is locked or something you know it's just no but it. I just it's think just but this is what I think I think this is the this is the way the person works this is how they need to get things done because they've always had to fight they've always had to fight I'm sure of it oh. I mean imagine how much I've had to fight to get to where I've, I've got to and I didn't have it half as bad as, as someone like this person or my parents and only those so like for them to be a little bit aggressive towards me is like yeah yeah whatever well, it's alright I'll just take it speaking of things yeah. that make me want to fight so there was this, uh, this thread by Tom Oates the um, consultant renal physician who um, mm. mentioned well he kind of highlighted a thread that actually wasn't by him I'm not sure why I uh, mentioned him as if like um, anyway he's really funny you should follow mm. him but like uh, yeah. uh, T- Turton Pete Turton and he talked about how when he was a medical registrar every week he'd get a call from a doctor um, with thyroid function mm. tests and be like and the question would be along the lines of can you tell me what dose of thyroxine to give like basically just tell, telling him how to do his job every his or her mm. job every single week and then Obviously, there's a side of it which is like, well, this person obviously doesn't know how to do it. So, you know, but mm. then it's also like this is another job for the medical registrar to do. Like, I mean, surely if you're having to do this every week, like this, you should identify that there's a deficiency in your knowledge and that at some mm. point you should kind of um, try and rectify that situation. But instead, it's just falls upon the medical registrar. How do you, do you... It depends on the motivation. I mean, it's, t- it's a tough one, isn't it? It really is tough. I mean, it depends on everyone's motivation. Like, for that person who's making that phone call to that medical registrar, 
like they don't they're kind of bothered yeah i mean and that's just the way it is some people can't be bothered to learn something but new or is, try and like fix the things that they're not good at isn't like, it oh. it's beyond that isn't it this is a bit malignant it's like because everyone knows everyone or at least like it's the thing isn't it the medical registrar is the, is really 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 busy it's really horrendous and the mm. buck always seems mm. to stop with the medical reg but everything everything is I like agree, yeah, you know yeah. like if you just look at the end of like all roads lead to rome all protocols lead to the medical registrar like at the very end yeah, it's like, know, have you called the medridge yet have you like pulled have you tried the fire escape have you called the medridge it's like it's always there it's always like that and so like the poor medridge is like oh okay because i remember when i was medridge one thing that used to really wind me up was every week um if, like every week literally without fail i get calls from like biologists being like oh we've got these blood cultures um results from over the weekend they've taken through the week these ones were done in a e these ones are done in surgery these ones um and here are the results and i'll be like I don't even know how the, uh, half of these patients have gone home. Half of these patients were never even under medicine, even. And mm. then they'd be like, oh, "Well, you know, we need to tell someone." So, and I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, literally." And so they'd, get, and I'd be like, uh, "Okay, like, I'll write these down." Um, so then I'd be like, "Oh, we're trying to find out where these people are, like, trying to call like surgical doctors." And then they'd be like, "I don't know, uh, you know, it's not my problem." Well, and I'd be like. Oh, it's my problem. It's still my problem. Mm. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, I mean, on one hand, like we were talking about earlier, you want to be nice to your colleagues. Mm. You don't want to be... But at the same time, like when they start taking, you know, when they start taking advantage of you, like, you know, giving you a list to do, which is, you know, like a, a portable ultrasound list that you weren't expecting. And they, they feel like they take advantage of the situation for you being nice. Oh, that's what it was. Um, <laughs> so, do you not think, like, so much stuff, like, dogmatically, people will go, yeah, but the MedRidge does that. And that's it. Mm. That's like the final line. That's it. Oh, okay. That trumps anything I was about to say because the med you said the medridge does it. That oh, and I'm I'm the medridge, so that was. I don't me. know. It's it's tough, isn't it? I mean, you know, for the for getting called up every single week to get the. I mean, at some point you have to say, can you just not make an endocrino endocrinology referral and kind of actually find out a proper plan? Yeah, like awesome, that's a, that's what I feel I'd like I do like I would do. But then someone like this on the other side, they may be chanting every week, just hoping that they get the medridge. It's gonna just be like, yeah, all right, I just have this one time. <laughs> yeah, or so. you know, fifty. All you need oh, is fifty two registrars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah fair enough yeah i don't know it's tough isn't it i don't know i don't know what i'd do in that situation uh, i think um i mean i just took it because at the end of the day uh, but i don't know it was it was still for is, it, is it a situation of path of least resistance because yeah. i sometimes feel like it that. always was you know path of least resistance is just appease move on yeah, don't yeah. have a long conversation it's... don't make a complaint just move so much of being a medved for me was like thinking to myself oh my god i really hate this and then that feeling i just push it really deep down inside me and then mm. I just have like indigestion and I just move on. Like, <laughs> oh, I hate this. Okay. There we go. I just file that in the I hate this column. I don't know how you did that job, mate. Was, I don't was, know how you did that job. I mean, there like, was just no doing, chance. Well, of the people doing still that job. doing it. Oh my God. Uh, you know, I feel it's awful. Anyway. I feel bad for him. I, feel, I mean, I've seen, I've seen Mehul's tweets and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's going through it now, isn't he? Poor guy, honestly. Uh, Heart goes out to you, mate. But, like, um, yeah. but the thing is, there's, hopefully, there's always going to be like a resilience lecture out there or whatever that you can do. <laughs> That was the best thing I'd read all week. Do you remember? So what was that? Did you see that? Did I send that tweet yeah, to you? you I sent that tweet to you, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. So they were saying, okay, we're going to have a resilience lecture every morning at 6.50, Friday a.m. <laughs> it's 6.50 in the morning. I mean, what a way to test resilience, to get everyone to turn up early morning at 6.50 a.m. I mean, what time do you have to wake up? Like... Six five to five, you know, five forty-five to be able to get to that thing. It's just like you're gonna burn out just doing that. That's resilience, <laughs> exactly. Honestly, that, sometimes you can't write this stuff. Like sometimes I feel like this is like some real weird comedy. Like the, the whole situation with 
oh manslaughter yeah. you can't have biscuits you, you know you can't be seen having coffee it's like this is, has to be a comedy are we living a comedy now yeah. this is this is another comedy situation like someone thought this is let's do it yeah i reckon it's the same person who had that idea isn't it the same person who had the idea is <laughs> <laughs> also being like oh yes yeah, this, this a- test resilience yeah, yeah, yeah. by making you wake up at a certain time yes. it's been it's been a mad week yes we'll it's do mad, mad we'll week. do we'll give the lecture that we give for soldiers in iraq yeah well that, oh, it's the same thing <laughs> <laughs> let's get them to do that <laughs> it's exactly the same situation let's get them uh, and what I wonder is a resilience lecture every single week going to be about like I, I know I know it's going to be I know the title is resilience but like what possible after you do the first lecture like what, what else is there more to say you, you like, know it's going to be just like ridiculous stuff isn't it take more exercise drink plenty of water <laughs> like, wake up early <laughs> wake up early <laughs> <laughs> literally it's going to be that isn't it and uh, it's just bonkers stuff isn't it like just when you feel angry when you next get called for, to do the, to prescribe that thyroxine count to ten count to ten <laughs> what and then you have resilience yeah, exactly. well done you well done you have passed you have passed exactly mental oh dear oh no oh, oh god I really wanted to share like a bullying story but I think we've probably... go on, go on, no, go for it go for it, go for I mean, it. it's just pretty tell much me bullying story. Mate, no, well, it was sure. when I was a... tell me about your bullying okay, okay, okay. story I want to know right, about your right. bullying I want to know about your bullying okay, story fine, go fine. for it because it, it kind of ties in because like it was when I was a medreg and uh, I got mm. uh, fast bleeped to an area I think it was like a kind of clinical investigations part where basically people have blood transfusions and whatever and basically this person had come I think for a venous section uh, but she hadn't had the venous section I thought you were about to say venous and I was alright okay weird <laughs> yeah, anyway yeah, she'd come for venous section but they were about to cannulate and she passed out and so they pulled the they mm. kind of oh no it wasn't a fast leap it was an arrest call and the whole arrest team mm. came and you know it was like one of those things where, oh, this is really far away we're like oh, where, where is it in the hospital we're like running around mm. trying to look and then we get there and like you know it takes about five minutes to just get your breath and then everyone's like oh the patient's alive and then everyone just like turns away and walks off like without saying another word like oh you know mm. we ran for nothing and then I, I have to stand there because you know I still I have to be like well 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 what's going on here and just this mm. lady here's like oh I just felt a bit faint and I was like oh are you okay and she's like well actually for the last couple of days I've had, been having really bad abdominal pain. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, abdominal pain, that's, uh, that's a bit below the, the diaphragm. Surgeons. Well, yeah, surgeons, yeah, surgeons, surgeons, like, surgeons. Oh, oh, I think you might need us. I think you might need, be needing the CT scan. So I was like, oh, look. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no. And I said to the nurse, she was really nice. She was super nice. I was like, oh, look, you know, I think she's all right. But, you know, um, she's been having abdominal pain. Probably should, like, um, get checked out. Maybe she should go to A&E. So she's like, oh, don't worry, I'll sort it out. So she, you know, I, I kind of trucked back down to AMU to do a job done. And then I get this call from this uh, A&E consultant. And he was like, what the hell do you think you're doing? Sending this medical patient to A&E? And I was like, oh, sorry, uh, what medical patient's in A&E? And then he's like, you know, that patient who had the cardiac arrest. And I was like, she, she, uh, cardiac arrest? Oh, oh, I know you mean. Oh, funny story. It wasn't actually a cardiac arrest. You know, she'd had, like, you know, if she'd had a cardiac arrest, then, you know, that's kind of different as now I wouldn't just kind of plop her in a wheelchair and then just wheel her to you know, it, was, it was ridiculous but you know I don't want to point yeah. out to her consultants he obviously knew that right anyway so I was like oh, you know it's had a, hope, yeah. Yeah. and I was like she's having a dawn pain and he's like well it's a medical issue because she had a cardiac arrest and I was like no I think you missed that bit like she has not had a cardiac arrest she's just had a vagal <laughs> she just fainted like um but she has got abdominal pain I just thought well and then he's like, well, you know, you should manage her on that. And then he's, but then it just kind of went off into something else. So we'd kind of covered that topic twice. Okay, fine. Like, we, mm. you know, there's a fundamental disagreement there. But then he started saying stuff like, how long have you been working here? Do you know how it works here? And all this kind of stuff. And I was like, 
Quite, I've been working here quite a while. I was here as an SHO. Like, this is like my third year here. Quite a long time. I know how it is. And he's like, I just don't think you... No, I don't think you have any idea. I don't think you have any idea what you're talking about. And literally then, it got to a point where he wouldn't even let me finish my sentences. I was like... Bleh, 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 wow. bleh. And like, um, and I speak really fast anyway. And I couldn't get the words in. Like, I was trying to squeeze... <laughs> trying to squeeze the word I couldn't. And this guy was... Be- and then... You know, there's certain things that like upset me, and one is like making me say the same thing again and again, or two is not even <laughs> letting me say it at all. Like, <laughs> I couldn't even say it the first time, so I was like, um, and it was re- it was really interesting kind of conversation because in my head I was like, oh, this is like a kind of interview station, like where you deal with like someone yeah. really difficult. Because I remember being like, I literally said. I think this conversation's gone on long enough because I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not actually able to say anything to you. And he's like, uh, what is your name? You know, and that kind of like thing. And I said, mm. yeah, actually, you should take my name down because I'm definitely going to complain about you because I don't think this is any... Like, literally, and I was like, all these words are coming out of my Whoa. mouth. Yeah, literally, I was like, I don't think that's any way you should speak to a colleague, actually. Um, so yeah, mm. take my name. I'll spell it for you. And then, because I, I know you're going to find that difficult. I literally was like, I know you're going to find that difficult. So I want to spell it for you. And like, I suddenly mm. I was just like, Du-du-du-du. and I was like, who is this person who's speaking for me? Yeah, literally, I took this person's name down. And uh, I complained. I complained everywhere. I complained because I th- wow. he was okay. a P-E-N-I-S. And, mm. and everyone was like, oh, yes, he is, actually. He's a penis. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, he is. But what do you want to do about it? And I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, what do, what do I want? I just want him to not be a, not be a dick. Right? That's yeah, what I so wanted. People were like, but where do you want this to go? And I'm like, where do I want it to go? Like, I don't know. Just, I just want him to. But there's an undertone there, don't you think? It's like, how far do you want to yeah, take Yeah, yeah, literally. And I was like, oh. and they're like, because, you know, he's a consultant, you're a trainee. And what if he mm. kind of throws back, like, is this a trainee in distress? And I was like, oh, so that's how mm. it could go. And then I was like, oh, do I. And I was like, oh, I don't care. And then, like, and the mm. thing is, is that I've seen this guy around, and literally all I was thinking to myself was, this is a guy who would not speak to me like, like as you're saying with the casting, if it was out mm. in the streets, he would not speak to me like that. <laughs> I would annihilate him because I'm, I'm just I'm so, and so I was like, well, but then what? So what? That's cool. He's just going to speak to people like that, like. But that's the thing. That's what I think. True personality comes yeah. out. He's a position of power. And he's, he's wielding it, that's yeah, what that. Yeah, and I see that all the time. Like, I've actually seen registrars who are really nice registrars, and as soon as they become a consultant, actually don't, I, I know through you're going to say that's me. I'm not, that's not me. But uh, they actually become very, very difficult people to work yeah. with. Very, very difficult. Like, and, uh, you know, they put, they put all sorts of fast ones, left, right, and center. So um, it's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, but the thing is, like, I think that's the problem, isn't it? Where we, we don't have, like, proper. I don't know, you know, I'm just kind of complaining, but I'm not really suggesting an alternative because like, I just feel like there's no real framework. Like you can complain. Well, actually, you you know, know, um, I was talking to someone who worked in PwC and they were telling me that actually, you know how you upward mentorship. So you, you know, let's say, I guess from my position, I could be a mentor for someone, you know, who's a registrar or below, but actually they have a backward mentorship for you to have a mentor who's, you know, in quotation marks below you. Yeah. And they give you, you know, honest feedback. And that's actually part of the whole appraisal. It's very, very important for people in the industry. And that's something that I thought would be really, really good to have. You know, it'd be nice to know, like, what a reg really thinks of me. Mm. Or, you know, what someone really thinks of, you know, my interaction with them when I'm working with them. Because that, that's an opportunity for growth. Like, yes, you've got your position of power now, but how are you using it? I mean, there's a way I think I'm using it, but how am I really using it? How do people feel? Do you think? That's a really good suggestion. I think that's a really good idea. Why don't we mm. do that? 
I wish we could, but you know, I ain't going to change the world. Well, I finished my, I think I you finished can... my job at five. <laughs> I'm done. I think, I think, I think we've, we've. I think this is probably time around, but I think we should probably stop on that because that was a right gem. I haven't heard that one before, but I think that is something we should implement. It's a nice one, isn't yeah. it? Well, maybe someone on Twitter could could uh, show us how to do it. Backward mentorship, man, like the people in PwC, yeah. so that we learn from each other. We need other. to be more like PwC. I mean, yeah, I mean. Evidently, that's it. I mean, there's a lot of corporate things I think we could bring. I mean, my wife was corporate and there was a few things she talked about. I thought, huh, that's quite nice. why don't we not do that? You know, and I, I read, I'll, I'll talk a few, about a few books uh, that I've read that I think would be useful in, in the NHS at some point, I'm sure mm. uh, it'll come up in conversation. But anyway, oh. yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's been a very interesting week as usual. Uh, thank you so much. We've actually had a record number of downloads this week. I, you know, I, unbelievable, unbelievable. So uh, thank you so much for everyone that's listening. Hope you're still enjoying what listening to me and Therusha rabbit on about various things we do have a youtube channel as well if you want to see uh what through if you want to see what through looks like yeah i know i just realized it's funny can... to watch yeah, i know <laughs> i just realized i could see some bollywood body hair there sorry about that there you go yeah yeah, yeah. he's showing it so you you might be listening to this in your car and you want to know what through body hair looks yeah, like yeah, it's on youtube yeah. go no, ahead no, enjoy no, it thanks does. all right cool <laughs> hang up hang up <laughs> oh dear all right have a good week everyone thank you thanks for listening Bye. And you've been listening to the Two Medics and One Microphone podcast presented to you by Dr. Imran Lasker and Therusha Kudwantina. Thank you for listening.